Amen. Have a little church this morning. Amen. Give God a round of applause. Isn't it good to be in his house today? I don't know how your week was, but man, I so needed that, and uh, I get to do it twice, so it's, uh, my job's really cool. Uh, we want to welcome you to Connect Church. We are going through a sermon series called Go, Actions That Impact Eternity, and what we're helping you guys realize and flesh out in your life is how to go, and all God is asking you to do is to speak Jesus as you go. And we're going to unpack biblically what that looks like for you. And we're going to share with you, we sort of uh, looked at it wrong about our going. And we've tried to guilt you into this in church over the years. And I've tried to guilt you into it. And I was wrong. And we're going to help let, let, let all that go today. And we're going to tell you that Jesus just wants to give you the power and the authority to go. Matter of fact, this is so powerful and so good. Uh, I want you to just go ahead and identify with the text this morning in the Gospel of of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, at the very end, these words that we're going to unpack for you this morning are the very final words that Jesus speaks on planet earth. Has that got your attention? Would you have to not agree this is big? This is Jesus's, he came from glory you with me this morning? We believe that first song that we just sang about. He came from glory to redeem us from hell, to save our sorry sins. So if he did all of that, I think this final message is a big one. Uh, this is a showstopper. This is drop the mic. This is what I need you all to hear. This is how you guys are going to move forward. That what we just sang about, the spark of the, of the church. This is how this goes. And so we call this the Great Commission. Sadly, in evangelical churches, Bible-believing churches like ours, a uh, recent survey said that 50% of congregations in America had never heard or did not know what the Great Commission was. And we wonder why we need revival in America and why churches, most churches are dying. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's because we have lost sight of the truth of Scripture and we've not taught you all what Jesus Final words were. So this is big. This is important. This is why we're so excited about and telling you guys. And we're going to find out. He kept it really simple. Jesus, I think, wrote the whole scripture and his final words. He knew he's going to be talking to people from Mississippi. He kept it simple. All right. And so he's just going to tell us, I want you to go because your actions as you go, are going to impact eternity. And so he tells us this fundamental truth. We're going to unpack it a little bit more theologically for you guys today. But it's really a message about living your life on mission. And I know your tendency is going to be, man, I'm going to already check out. You know, I don't want to listen to this stuff. Listen to me. Some of the things, some of you all are coming into this place. Maybe as church people, you just sort of run to this place where you're in a dry season and, you know, you're not just feeling what we just sang about. The Word of God's not speaking into your heart. The Holy Spirit, you're, not, you're fighting with your wife. You're not happy with your job, your kids. And look at me. One of the reasons you're miserable as a Christian, first of all, you need to check, have you really ever been saved? Had the privilege of leading a guy to the Lord this week who had been to church made a decision years ago, but really had never allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and help him through the struggles that we just talked about. You can't do this alone. It's the Holy Spirit that enables you to overcome what we just sang about. And one of the things 
that you're missing in your life is not just to sing and have a great service on worship time, but to live your life on purpose. I am thoroughly convinced that the reason young adults are coming to this church, and you guys are killing our nursery with over with all these babies, but it's all good. Uh, but the reason that all these young adults are coming to our church is because this generation... They want to know a causation of what I'm here for. They don't want to be like my generation who just said, I want to come to church, soak it all in. You, what do you offer me? What do you offer me? You all are coming because you realize this is it. I got one life and I want to make a difference in my life. And I love that about your generation. And matter of fact, we're going to pour into you. You guys are right. We were wrong. The truth is my generation should have been living this out. We didn't do it well, but I've got hope for revival in America. We need revival in America. Are you with me this morning? And I believe your all's generation is going to be the group that brings it about with what's happening here, and it's going to spread across this country because we get back to the Great Commission. Jesus has given you in his final words a mission to bring purpose into your daily life. You're more than just going to work and showing up with your backside in a chair on Sunday. He wants to bring meaning to your everyday life. As you go, speak Jesus. As you go, speak Jesus. And so I know as we get started with this, so that's what he's going to tell us. We're going to read about it here in just a second. But let's, let's get it ready because, you know, some of you already got your defenses up and you're going, dude, man, I don't talk about Jesus. I believe my Jesus is a private decision. I'm going to totally blow your theory out of the water. So you go ahead and get your whatever in a roar because I'm just telling you I'm coming with that one. All right, we're going to address that one here in just a second. But, uh, you know, we have this whole thing because in, in our logic is, is that I'm afraid to speak you know, Jesus in public because I just, what if I say, what if I say something and I sound stupid? They already know. All right, so, so don't worry about that. Uh, they, let me just help you out with that. Uh, but, so we got to get over ourselves, but, but I get it. It's a realistic fear that we're afraid, you know, something happened. And, and let me address something else. I wish Tanner was here. Uh, he's going to be watching this on the way back today, and he's going to be like screaming through uh, his phone uh, because he's, he, this is his pet peeve. We, we ha- we've you know, heard uh, through the grapevine that we have folks that don't like to come on Wednesday nights because we just have worship and prayer. We do something really crazy and old-fashioned here as we pray. And uh, it's a really radical, cool idea. And so anyway, and all the stuff that you're seeing that God is doing on Sundays is because we pray. We're, you're getting the idea that we're really simple here. <laughs> I'm looking at you all. Uh, anyway, and so we just do, uh, and so we pray. And so some folks will come on Wednesday nights because they're afraid that Brother Terry, this is Tanner's pet peeve, they're going to afraid they're going to call on me to pray. Uh, so let me explain something. Let me nail this down once and for all. Let's put it to bed, put it to rest. I'm not calling on people to pray who don't pray or don't pray in public and who don't want to do that, that's never happened. Uh, You're going to be fine. And secondly, uh, all of this is intentional, what we do, and Holy Spirit-led. So you're safe, and I'm confident that the Holy (laughs) Spirit 
is not going to lead me to have you come up on stage if you're not praying because he knows. Uh, so anyway, where's the mic at? Anyway, uh, so, uh, so you're safe. You can come. Uh, but anyway, uh, so here's the thing. I realize that we don't like to speak in public. I'm sorry, half of you didn't leave. Uh, I'm so thankful you stayed. But anyway, uh, so, so it's okay to come. Uh, but So we get this whole thing down that we don't like to speak in public. And I get that. Uh, I totally relate to that. And, and you're not going to believe this. This is going to blow your mind. But when I was in high school, in 1983, and yeah, I'm older than dirt, and you're going, 83, dude. Uh, anyway, but, uh, so I'm a senior in high school. I've waited my whole high school uh, career to take speech because I was terrified to talk in public. So guess what my speech was on, Baylor? Basketball. And so I'm thinking I got one time to get through this last class so I can graduate. And so I'm going to talk on basketball. And I know I don't look like it, but I was sort of a semi-star basketball player in high school and had a few uh, colleges that were really hurting. Uh, anyway, they were talking to me. But uh, so, uh, so all this, so I'm, I've got basketball down. I know everything there is about basketball. I'm a senior in high school. Man, I, I don't even need the notes because I know everything there is. Uh, 1891, Dr. James Naismith invents the sport of basketball, the greatest sport, by the way, God's sport. Uh, and he invents basketball in 1891. And they put two peach baskets on a pole in a YMCA. And they didn't even, uh, Miss Marie, you remember. I, you know, I'm just kidding. Anyway, and so, <laughs> that was terrible. That is not in my note. I am so sorry, Miss Marie. <laughs> and so she played against him. Anyway, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> shut up. All right. Anyway, and so they had two peach baskets on a pole, and they didn't cut out the bottom of the basket. And so they would literally get on a ladder and climb up. And then they figured out, it must have been, and they figured out that you cut the bottom out, and that made it a lot easier. But anyway, so I got the whole speech down. I'm going to talk about the five greatest players on Mount Rushmore of basketball of all time in this specific order. And if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Uh, and so, so here they are in this order, MJ, Magic, Bird, Kareem, and Kobe. In that order, those five dudes. And by the way, you know you're Billy Bad when you're known by one name. I'm just saying, they all just are known by one name. And so those are the five greatest dudes uh, that ever played the game. So I'm ready to give my speech. And so I walk into the class and this is what I do, Taylor. I stand up there. I, don't even, I mean, it's on basketball. Everybody knows I'm the basketball guy for our high school and all that stuff. And I stand up in front of just the classmates that I've been in school with for four years. And I break out into a sweat. And I start to vomit. And I go, my name, and I can't remember. <laughs> and I'm going to talk on basketball. And I go... And, and, I start, and I mean, it starts to come out, and I'm sweating profusely, and I go, and it's a great game, good luck. And I walk off the, and that was my speech, because I could not talk in public, for real. And now I'm here. So I go back to my class reunion 10 years later. And so, and it's not like it's a big school, you know, there's 30 of us. And so I go back to my class reunion and, um, and, and I tell them that, you know, what are you doing for a living now, Terry? Where, you know, cause I moved off and I left, you know, state and everything. And so none of them seen me. So I go back and I said, 
I'm a preacher of the gospel. I stand on the stage every week. And they all bust out laughing and go, heck no. <laughs> there is absolutely no way. One of them said, the only way that we believe that there's a God in heaven that he would use you <laughs> to talk publicly because we know how bad you were. So anyway, so I get it. I identify with you guys uh, that, man, that this speaking publicly can be nerve-wracking and all that stuff. But I want to suggest to you and I today that we get really comfortable talking about everything else and we need to get comfortable talking about speaking Jesus into people's lives. Y'all don't have any problem on social media telling people what you think. Y'all are really gifted at it. Some of you are overachievers, and you probably need to tone it down a little. Uh, uh, you guys have political views. You guys have social views. You guys have sports views. Uh, you guys have views on everything. Uh, matter of fact, let me just throw one out there. How do y'all feel about the student loan? Uh, anyway, so I know. Don't get started. Don't fight. All right, so, so here we are. We've all got opinions. We're all sharing our opinions. Why can't we speak Jesus? We talk about everything else that we're comfortable with and that we love, and yet we can't talk about the greatest thing that's ever happened in our life in Jesus Christ. And so why do we have such a hard time talking publicly about Jesus? And I really do believe one area that we're going to address today is that we've taught you and guilted you in to a program versus understanding what the Bible has to say about speaking publicly about Jesus. And I'm going to debunk that today, and I'm going to apologize, and we're going to get past that. But secondly, we allow the devil to rob us of that, what I was talking about earlier, of that real fulfillment of serving and making a difference. And I'm telling you, the fear is not justified. You all think that if you speak about Jesus, something crazy is going to happen to you and the sky is going to fall and people are going to think you're nuts and all this stuff. And you got to quit letting the devil lie. You guys remind me of um, the dude that uh, went off to the military. And so he tells his fiance, I totally butchered this in the first service, but anyway, uh, and so we're going to try to do a little better in a second and because it's on TV thingy. Uh, and anyway, and so he uh, tells his fiance, as I get it right, uh, that I'm going, over, I'm going overseas, but I'm going to write you a letter every day, and I'm going to write you a letter that tells you that I love you and that one day I'm coming back, and all you got to do is go to the mailbox and read the letter every day. And so he comes back home after his four-year stint, and he comes back and finds out that his fiance is married. And guess who she married? The mailman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it bombed then too. But anyway, uh, and, and so we get we get terrified of uh, <laughs> we get terrified that Brother Terry's going to tell a joke. But anyway, we get terrified that something's crazy is going to happen and it's going to go south on us in our hearts and our lives. And I'm telling you, that's not the way it is. And, and we're going to address that issue today. Is that Jesus says, "I'm going to go with you." And so we're talking to you today about going publicly. And so turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, and I promise you, nothing's going to happen like that. It's going to go better for you. We want to talk to you today about how to go publicly, and Jesus is going to give you the resources and the strength to do this, live your life on mission. So I want to begin by reading the Great Commission. So get your notes out. Here's a sermon today. The title of it is Go Publicly, and here's why we go 
publicly. Matthew 28, 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. All right? They were Baptists. And Jesus came and said unto them, here's what you underline, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You ever heard of that? That's what we sort of do here two weeks ago. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I want to take just a minute this morning, and we're going to dig deeper into the text. We're going to unpack it for you, what it looks like, what it means, and we're going to see what Jesus actually had to say, and then we're going to practically give you four things today. So keep your notes with you, uh, and I promise you, you're going to hear a testimony of somebody just like you sitting in the audience today who does this every week, who just has figured out how to go and speak Jesus as she goes, just like you guys can do. And I'm telling you, it's going to inspire you. So you ready? Let's dig into the text and see what Jesus had to say. That great commission, living your life on purpose. Here's what he says, first of all. I want you to underline in your Bibles or in your notes or on your uh, uh, phone or whatever. And if you came to this church and you don't have a Bible, that's cool. That's fine. Just follow on the screen. But I want you to underline the phrase, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. And so let's bring it back up, Chuck. So here we got the scripture with us. I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. So I want you to underline that phrase. Now that word authority means power. Are you with me this morning? God is saying to you all, some of the reason you all are depressed and discouraged in your spiritual journey here today is because you're not experiencing God's power. God is tired of you doing everything else in your business, in your life, your fun and all this stuff without him. He is saying, I want to give you power. The greatest thing that you'll ever find in your life is to know that I get a chance to speak Jesus into somebody else's life, that I could make a difference for eternity, that power in your life. I'm telling you, that is some of the joy that you're missing in your personal life. Is to, is Jesus says, I want to give you that authority to go, to go. He's given you authority. Listen to me. You're not being commissioned today or guilted by a pastor. I've done that in the past. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I'm telling you, you go because Jesus Christ has saved you. He's redeemed you. Who's living inside of you today? Anybody in here been saved? Anybody? What do you have inside of you this morning? Is Jesus in, in you this morning? Has anybody got Jesus in your heart and your life? You've been saved today. Are you with me today? Well, if you do, we don't invite Jesus in the Holy Spirit into our church. What? Fire that dude. Where's the deacons at? We don't have to because if you guys are living this out and you've already got the Holy Spirit with you, we just bring it with us, Grant. And that's how we need to look at it. So you've got all authority and power inside of you to go do this. Now notice the next phrase that happens there. I'm sending you on this mission I'm going, you're going to go with my power. I'm sending my power with you. And then he says, uh, so as you go. But notice he uses the next phrase there, therefore. Now remember what I taught you two weeks ago when you see the scripture. Anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, what do you do? You ask, What's it there for? All right, you got it down? Uh, so that's the, what we do in understanding the Bible. So what's it there for? What's the next word? Go. Don't you love that Jesus 
kept it simple. God knew 2,000 years ago that he would create a man by the name of Ernie Simmons. And Ernie Simmons is a great guy. And he's sitting in the room today, and he's probably going to hurt me after service. But he's just not the sharpest crayon in the box. (laughs) Now, he'll tell you differently. He'll tell you a lot of things. But he loves Jesus. And he's been saved. His wife is dying right now because she knows. And, And so, but the truth of the matter is, is that God knew to keep it simple. And it's just not Ernie. It's you and me as well. He just simply says, go, go. And now what did we learn two weeks ago? And this is where we didn't, uh, and again, I want to apologize for church stuff. Because I try to come up with programs and I did it here. And and I told you, if you want to be a good church member, you need to come out to Thursday night visitation and we're going to go knock on doors. and, And it really did not do anything to impact the kingdom. And then I just sort of went back to the Bible because that wasn't working because that's what we're taught to do in Bible college. And, and so I realized that what the verse is actually saying is what did we teach you two weeks ago. It's in a Greek imperative that means present. In other words, as you go, what he's saying, as you go to work, Brian, speak Jesus. As you guys go to school, speak Jesus. Jesus at school. As you go to Walmart, speak Jesus. If anybody ever needed Jesus at Walmart, can you get it right? Uh, They need Jesus at Walmart. As you guys go to lunch today, as you go, speak Jesus. Now, here's the whole dynamic that we've missed on this. We have said to be a really good Christian, you got to, you know, do a a visitation program or you've got to have this new gimmick or we got to do this strategy. No, he's just saying, as you live your life every day, you see, God created Chris different than anybody else. He created Tim different than anybody else. He created Regina different than anybody else. You see, these three people are going to touch and be around people that I'll never know. You remember the old stupid adage that we used to have? Well, that's the preacher's job. Where in the flip do you find that in the Bible? He says, everybody goes because why? I'll never be around those three people's friends. And they don't want me around (laughs) their friends. Uh, But the truth of the matter is, is that they're going to have a range of people just like you. You, you, and you. We got folks coming from Pontotoc and Amory and Baldwin and Guntown and and wherever else and somewhere in Mantachi. But anyway, uh, you guys are coming from everywhere to our church. You guys are to, as you go, Speak Jesus in your life, around your family, around your friends, and around the people. And here's the thing. As you go and speak Jesus into it, as you're going, he says, make disciples. Now, we're going to help you understand how much even better this is in just a second. You don't have to worry about going cold turkey and talking to people that are not prepared. We're going to get to that. But notice what he says next. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, publicly, he says we need to make a public confession, a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ teaching the disciples to do what? Now notice the next phrase there. It has the word observe in our ESV translation, but if we were to probably pin this down, I think the meaning should be translated obey. So I want you to write the word obey next in your Bibles next to the word observe, and that's where I want to land at this morning. Jesus is simply saying, 
as you go, obey my words, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but obey. And I'm going to hit that at the very end as well, what our obedience practically looks like. So our obedience to the Great Commission is not a man-made program, a visitation program from Brother Terry and Connect Church. Listen to this. Here's what Dr. Danny Aiken says, New Testament scholar, and this is good. Here's what he says. Jesus' authority compels us to go. For missions only make sense if he has all authority in heaven and earth. Guys, you don't go because I'm trying to make you feel guilty for it. You understand this morning, you go because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so, we don't go reluctantly as if we're forced to or guilted into it. We go because, and this is my favorite statement, his worth is the fuel of our mission. I want you to write that down. His worth is the fuel of our mission. Again, I yell at you every week about this, and I have for 21 years, and I'll never stop. You ought not ever get over getting saved. Anybody in here been saved? Is there anyone who has been saved by Jesus Christ? What do we worship? We worship preachers. We worship churches. We worship music. We, we talk about all those things. You and I have been saved, not by your granny. Oh, yeah, we went there. Not by your Sunday school teacher. Oh, yeah, you've not been saved because grandpa took me to church or my daddy or my mama. You, nobody ever died for you. Nobody ever came back from an empty tomb for you. The only person that has done that, his name is Jesus. He is worthy of all praise. He called you. He invited you to be saved. You would have never been saved. You and I had split hell wide open without Jesus. But God so loved us that he gave us his only son to save us and redeem us. I ain't going to hell today. I'm on my way to heaven. It can't be taken away because of the name of Jesus. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of everything we can give him. He is worthy of your tithe and your offering. He is worthy of everything. He is worthy for us to speak Jesus as we go and to tell them about him. So we speak Jesus because he is the fuel of our mission. It's just him. So when we do this, we're asking and trusting by faith that we're going to testify publicly about Jesus. Dr. Michael Wilkins, great New Testament scholar, he says this about our text, and then we'll apply it to your life. This is why we go. The world out there is lost and dying without a Savior. The Great Commission makes sure that we do not become ingrown, complacent, or callous. The truth of the matter is, those last three words describe the average church in America. The reason we're dying is because we worry about ourselves, we become complacent, and we become callous. Who cares who's going to hell? Because I've got me and mine and our own. Now look at me this morning. 
I'm going to do my best not to get fired, but the truth, truth of the matter is, I don't care. I used to. Again, I'm sorry. I don't care if our church grows and becomes a big church. Deacons are eating again. Uh, I don't anymore. Because you see, I'm not called to build a big church for us to be the biggest guys in town. What I'm called to do is make disciples. And if I make disciples, and that's what I'm passionately in love with, I'm going to teach this afternoon at 3 o'clock uh, a group of about 18 to 25 people that are doing discipleship, and I'm going to pour into them for an hour, and I'm going to love that hour better than this hour, to be honest with you, because that's what we're called to do is make disciples who make disciples. And, and, and what I'm called to do is to teach you guys how to go. That's my calling every week is to empower you, to strengthen you, to go, to go and share and speak Jesus as you go, everywhere. And so what our goal is here is for God to raise up people who go and talk and share and speak Jesus as they go. And then as that happens and the church multiplies, then what our goal is is to take you guys and let's go plant other churches. Wouldn't it be cool someday that if we had a Connect Church in Amory and one in Pontotoc and one all over and in Missouri, Mountain Grove, and, and God's just multiplying his church and I got goosebumps because I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do. He wants to multiply, not our church. He wants to multiply the kingdom. Let's go. Let's go and make disciples. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Get out your notes this morning. I'm going to share with you some practical principles from Pastor Nielsen Searcy about how to go publicly. What's it look like in your life? So how do I help you guys do that? Number one, uh, publicly confess Jesus for my salvation. At the very starting point of us going publicly is we got to get saved. <laughs> it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> but this is really not rocket science. Uh, we cannot go publicly with something we don't already have. And so we, cut we have to publicly confess Jesus is Savior of our hearts and our lives. In our world today, and this is back to your argument, um, we have a contention of personalities in this room, watching online, and in the history of our church, that have had the view that Jesus and me are a private deal. I hope I can burst your bubble today. I hope I can even offend you on this one, because that is such a lie from hell. I know of people in this church over the years who literally worked with other people and nobody in their place of employment knew that they went, in those days at Tupelo Freewell, uh, or whenever, they never went to, they didn't know they went to Connect Church. I can't even imagine in my wildest imagination that anybody was around me very long at all that didn't know where I went to church and that I, you know, loved Jesus. Why? Because, and they would argue to me. I'm talking about teachers and leaders in our church. Jesus is a private matter, and we don't want to offend people and speak up to him. Where in the flip do you find that in the Bible? May I argue with you today that hold that view? 
And you're probably not going to be back here, but we will love you, have you. But uh, the truth of the matter is, if you're not going to get this, I'm not sure we need you because the truth of the matter is, Jesus is public about his faith. Matter of fact, may I suggest to you that Jesus was pretty doggone public when he was nailed to a cross. Jesus was pretty public when they stripped him and nailed spikes into his feet and into his hands. When he bled for you and I upon that cross, that was not in private. It was not locked away. It was in public telling the public, listen, my God so loved the world that he would send his only perfect begotten son from glory to die for your sins and mine. Tell me it wasn't public. And you better be thankful that it was because he arose again. And somehow, if we'd had some of you all running the Christianity show, you know, that's going to offend people if he comes out of the tomb. We need to keep that private. No way! My God arose and came out of the tomb. There is no room for us to be private about that story. He is alive. He is alive. It is time we... Go maybe a little calmer, but go public. Jeez. <laughs> Am I the only one sweating? All right. I think I just threw out my spinal fusion surgery on that one. Here's why we do public confession of Jesus. Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth, tell me, Neil, where is that? Is that private, me and Jesus, on our own thing? He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, make no mistake about it. You don't get saved because you're a good person. You don't get saved because you join this church. You get saved because God invites you, and he saves you, and he redeems you. That happened in, this, in a person's life. Kimberly, if you'll come on up, and if she's coming up on stage, I have no idea where Andrew told me to put, find the mic at. Uh, where's it at? Over here. Yay, right here. Dang. <laughs> okay, I do this for a living. All right, anyway, and so as Kimberly comes up on stage, and she got it, you already got it on. There, you're good. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, and so as Kimberly comes up here, you need to understand this morning that you get saved because Jesus invites you. He does all of the calling, He does all of the invitation. But folks, he says in his word to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you need to let somebody know that you've been saved publicly. Are you getting this? You've been saved publicly. I want to tell you today about Kimberly. Uh, I'm going to let her tell her story, actually. And she does, did a phenomenal job. And so we're bringing somebody up on stage. Some of y'all are freaking out. So, and she is too. So would you all pray for her right now? Because she's no different than any of you. She's never done this. Uh, she doesn't speak on a stage. Um, and we're going to get to her whole Bible training stuff here in just a second. But so she's never done anything like this. This is just as uncomfortable if I ask you all to come up here and do this today. But she's just one of you all. She's not trained. She's never been to seminary. She just speaks Jesus as she goes. You can too. And so, Kimberly, tell us a little quick. We got just a few minutes here, but um, tell us briefly about how you got here, because what I want you all to know, and we're not going to sugarcoat it today, and we're not the church that does this stuff, that we only bring up people that have lived perfect lives. Uh, to be quite frank with you, she's going to tell your story, but Kimberly and Brandon, uh, especially Brandon, <laughs> have lived anything but perfect lives. And we absolutely love them. 
And we're so thankful that they're in our church. So you tell us a little bit about the war years and not always doing things very churchy. So go ahead. Um, yes, I definitely, I spent uh, probably more, or definitely more of my life away from Jesus than with him. And, and um, like I was saying before, I could definitely, I could tell it. I fought uh, more battles because of it. <clears throat> the, even though God, he walked with me when I didn't know it, but it still wasn't where I was walking with Jesus and, and <clears throat> making the decisions that should have been there. And, and I had wonderful parents who, who knew God and, and knew Jesus. And my father was a deacon in the church at one point. And um, so, but I completely strayed away from all of that and everything I had been taught. And, and it took me into a whole different life that uh, would have never led me here. That life wouldn't have. <laughs> but uh, my father, he did get me, he, was, he got me back into church once I, I grew up a little bit and realized that I had done things a, a very wrong way for a long time, and, and um, I was very angry and took that with me every single day. Um, and I was in a, a, a bad relationship for almost eight years. My husband was, uh, neither one of us was in a healthy relationship. He, he was in his for 15 years. Um, we had went to school at the same school, worked in the same job or in, for the same employer before and had some of the same friends and never actually met each other, but it wasn't the right timing then. And when I, after I had, I had found God and already been rebaptized and, and all of that and was finding my, finding my walk, which wasn't easy. And the devil has fought me this week, too. <laughs> he always does. But, um, and I began to pray to, to bring the right person in my life because I still, it, nothing was still adding up to where it needed to be. Well, he brought Brandon and I together, and that's my best friend, and, and we're exactly where we needed to be in each other's support system. And, um, and it... And he even helped me bring down my wall to realize there were still things I wasn't healed in. And he was broken. He came out of a tough marriage situation. Yeah, we were, we were both very broken. And um, after which we've been together three years, we'll be married a year in November. And I knew that after we had been together for a while, like COVID had shut down church. And I, I was in another church with my parents, but... Um, and thankfully, I had been able to rebuild my relationship with my father because he had passed away, and that was very important. I'm glad that I was able to get that and not have to. God's to, mercy. Yeah. Yeah, to be so able good. to have those thoughts. Um, I have happy thoughts now, which were good. So he I wasn't feeling poured into it all because we weren't able to go to church, and um, everywhere was really shut down, and started looking for somewhere that was going to be a good fit for our family. Because uh, I have my daughter, she will be 21 this year, and then his three sons, and now we're all one big family. But <laughs> um, So I started watching online, and I was watching two or three different places, so I kept coming back to Brother Terry. And I knew that when I got was thinking about what was a good fit for our family as a whole, I said, Rainer will love him. You know, but he's just tell it like it the is. Because the services are so short, I don't preach very long. No, not no, that okay, but, okay, <laughs> Not that part, but the part about just being able to honestly tell us what we need to hear. That's what you do with people that you love, and I'm very fortunate to be 
in the position that I'm in where our office now, we have a little over 40 people, but we're actually building a new office and growing to, uh, there's gonna be 85 seats in there. So <laughs> yes, pray for me still. But it, that's people that we interact with every single day. And when Brother Terry mentioned, you know, bringing so many people into the church, I never had not really thought about it because I don't know the Bible front to back. Like, um, I don't, you know, I'm not familiar with all of our, the verses and things like that. And, but I'm willing to learn and I know that sharing love is one of the most important things. All right, let and, me stop you for just a second. So I want you to get this down and then she's gonna finish here in just a second. So you, you catching the story here. She's never been to Bible college. You hear what she just said? She doesn't know the verses. She just goes and speaks Jesus as she goes and tells her friends and family about Jesus. She gets Brandon. She goes, you know, Brandon, so wave at him, Brandon. So stand up for just a second. Let him see you. So, dude. so Brandon, you know, so there he is. <laughs> yeah. So give him a round of applause. So, all right, all right. So Brandon rolls in here. He's a motorcycle dude. He's, you know, got his truck. It's slower than mine. But anyway, and uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he's a car dude and all this stuff. And Brandon, and you know, what she didn't, she's trying to share nicely with you. Brandon's not a guy that just really likes a whole lot of other people. It's, it warms <laughs> up to him. It's fuzzy. And so he comes the first time. He's not a church person, you know, and all that. And I'm yelling and screaming and, you know, doing my thing. And I'm looking at the guy while I'm preaching and going, pretty sure this guy's going to murder me after, you know, so this guy, there's no doubt this guy carries a gun. He's Mississippi. He's got the card, the whole thing. And so I'm going down after this service because he's just like, you know, you know, when you're looking, have the guy looking at you like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you, man. You don't talk to me that way. And so, but the gospel speak Jesus anyway. And he just speaks into his heart. And Brandon is one of the coolest guys in the world. Now here's the rest of their story. They come to me and they get excited and he rededicates his life. Not because they're churchy, great people, just because Jesus. And they come to me and said, we want to join the church. And they're not married and they're living together. And I said, well, uh, are you listening to me? And I said, uh, we're not going to kick you out and throw you to the curb because you're living together and coming to our church. It's a sin. And it's not gonna, you're not going to be able to move up spiritually to have his anointing to you. You know, we confess those kind of things and do it right. And so, uh, so you can't join our church that way. But what you, and, you know, we just speak it, we, we don't hold back here. We just tell it like it is, but we didn't judge them. And we didn't say we don't want you. We just said, do it right. Do it right first. And guess what? They said, all right, let's get married. Cool. And so now they're here. And so from that point, you getting this? This is just real people. Just real people as they are. Jesus cleans you up, not us. And then he uses us. So how many people... Um, have you invited or come to this church uh, that's actually come uh, in the last year since you and Brandon have joined and stuff like that? Give us a ballpark number. Uh, so if counting all the, the little kids and middle-aged kids and teenagers and adults, probably somewhere around 25 to 30. And um, I think there's, I think we've figured out there's like 12 or 15 of us going on a regular basis. And my mother joined the church two or three weeks ago. Stand up, mom. So give, give her a round of applause. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> mom just joined the church two weeks ago. So did you hear that, guys? 25, 30 people that this lady in a year 
has brought into this church as she goes, not because she's perfect, not because Brandon's a sweet guy. <laughs> it's just because they speak Jesus who saved them, who brought them back from their messes, cleaned them up, put them together. They speak Jesus and want everybody to know that in countless families. Matter of fact, one of the guys that I led to the Lord this week, a husband, was because they had invited them initially to come to this church and I had the privilege of leading him to Christ this past week. It just begins to multiply what God will do. And again, are you guys getting this? You guys can do this as you go you speak Jesus into your heart and your life. And one final word, Kimberly, would you say it's been worth it to be a part of what God's doing in your life and your marriage and your family? It's definitely worth it. It's, um, it's wonderful because like, we, I, we truly love all of those people, you know, and it, you want to know that they're being poured into in the right way with the right message uh, for their salvation. And so that they can lead their families and get through all of the trials that because we Amen. all have them on a daily basis and That's it's it. just tough. Amen. That Great job. Great job. Give her a round of applause. Awesome Thank job, Kimberly. And again, what you're getting out of this today is the practical ways of speaking publicly about Jesus. We want you guys to know that you guys can do this. Can I give you some numbers that just tell you of why you want to tithe, why you want to be invested in Connect Church, why you want to be a part of this ministry, why you want to go as Jesus has called you to go? I, uh, I want to make sure I get this accurate because sometimes it gets uh, crazy in my brain and I say stuff. So I want to, I want to just read to you. I asked Taylor, my assistant, to uh, put this together for me. And so I said, tell me how many people from last September to this Sunday have been, you know, what are the numbers? And so here's what she gave me. Uh, these are the numbers from, from, from her in the department is we baptized 11 people since last September here at Connect Church. We've added 31 new members to Connect Church in the last year. Uh, and th we went from an average of 2021 of 339. And in May, not just one Sunday, but the entire month of May, we went from a 339 average to an average of 453, uh, and, and that is just in one year. Would you give God a round of applause? That is incredible of what God is doing, and it's you guys that are doing it, you guys that are going and helping people make profession of faith, and so we want you guys to continue to do this, publicly confess Jesus for my salvation. Principle number two, publicly admit to others that I am a Christian. So how do you do this? Uh, we do this in a respectful way. Um, listen, I don't want you guys going up and telling somebody, listen, you know, I don't want you guys to go to, to, to work tomorrow and say to this guy at work and say, you know what, Billy, uh, you know what's hotter than Mississippi? And he's going to go, what? And you're going to go, hell, you need to get saved or you're going to burn. Uh, I don't want you guys doing that. So I know that's the old school method. And so we're not asking you guys to go do that. What we're doing is asking you to go build relationships. And you just start building relationships. And here's the difference of what we've not taught you well. Jesus is saying, now I, let me give you the verse, 1 Peter chapter 3. We got it, Chuck? And so 1 Peter three fifteen. But this is the difference, guys. But in your hearts, you honor Christ the Lord as holy. So we got that down. We're doing this because of Jesus, not for the church. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone, now circle the phrase, who asks you for a reason. Now here's what we've not taught you guys, and I'm so sorry for this. What we're saying is, is that God is preparing what we call people of peace into your life. We're not asking you to go cold turkey and knock 
on doors and do all this stuff. What we're saying is, is God, you, listen to me, God is big. You tracking with me today? God can do all things. God is preparing people for his message, and he wants to use you where you're at, but let God do the preparing. I'm, if, if God doesn't lead you to people, then don't, you don't have to speak about it. I'm saying look for people that are going to come up to you and maybe just start up conversations with you that you can tell they're hungry for Jesus. They want it. They're asking questions. That's who you talk to. People that you love and that are listening into your life. It's not this awkward, crazy, quasi thing that we got to do. We look for God to bring people of peace who are hungry to find truth. And then when he brings them into our life, those are the people that we talk to. Isn't that different? You guys can do that. It's your friends, it's your family, and your co-workers. Andrew's going to preach a message in two weeks about how to really begin to pray those people into your life. Uh, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Next week, I'm going to set you up on how to do that. But I'm telling you, God is bringing people into our lives. And we just got to open up and see it. It's not that we have to go to everybody. Let God bring people who are looking for uh, answers. And then you tell them and speak Jesus into their life. I was at the gym uh, this past week trying to live this stuff out. And uh, God just sort of laid on my heart. And he said, I want you to talk to this young guy in his 30s about, you know, just begin to develop relationships. So I didn't walk up to him and go, you know what's heavier than your weights is sin. I didn't do that because that would have been really uncool. Uh, so <laughs> that's what we've taught you guys, stupid stuff like that. So what I did is I just asked him, you know, uh, dude, you know, how long you been coming to Anytime Fitness? How long you been at the gym? And so we started talking. And I didn't want to talk to the guy. I mean, honestly, when I go to the gym, I know some of y'all are chatty Cathy's and love to talk on the treadmills. I hate you people. Because when I go to the gym, I want to work out. I don't want to speak to anybody. I'm there to do my thing. I'm not happy about it. But the doctors in Berlin tell me if I don't do it, I'm going to die. So I'm there, miserable, praying to Jesus and doing the rest of the stuff. But I'm not there to talk to you all. I'm glad none of y'all go to my gym. <laughs> don't go. I, anyway, I'm just there to do my thing and get home, go back to work. So I'm there, and the Holy Spirit lays on me, this dude is to talk to him. So I strike up a conversation, and I kid you not, David, man, the Lord was testing me on this one. This guy, he's in his 30s, you know, and he's, you know, he's, I know he looks a little bit more built than I am. <laughs> and so, so anyway, so he's been working out long, and he's younger and all this stuff. And he looks at me, and he goes, dude, and he talks to us like that. He goes, dude, he goes, uh, man, you're such an inspiration. And I'm like, cool, you know, I'm sick, Matt Wayne, you know, go, yeah, I know, you know, and so, you know, I'm doing the whole flexing thing, you know, and he goes, no, and he goes, no, 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 <laughs> and he goes, and I said, why my inspiration to you, and I kid you not, the dude looks at me and he says, to be as old as you are and still trying to come to the gym and work out, he goes, I hope I can do that when I'm your age. Now, in my mind, I thought, I don't care if you go to hell or not. No, I didn't. But I didn't say that. But in my mind, it was like, you know, that point. But I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But I've got to be honest. I thought it. And, and so, and all that. But, but, but the Holy Spirit just, and so you know what? I said, cool. And, uh, you know, and, but I've developed a relationship with that guy. And even though he insulted me highly and I was highly offended, but, you know, we're talking now, and you know what I'm praying for is as much as I'm really not sure I'm wanting to be saved, 
But I'm going to go and I'm going to do my best to lead him to the Lord because that's who the Holy Spirit's brought into my life to speak peace into his life, even though he's a jerk. But I'm going to speak, you know, speak peace into his life. So we got to do this is we've got to publicly admit to others that we're Christians. So how do we do that in our hearts and our lives? Here's what I want you guys to do real quickly. Uh, you've got the tailgate cards. Uh, I, I left them out here, but pick up your tailgate. Uh, we're going to give you practical stuff. We're not just trying to guilt you into this. Before you leave today, go to guest services. We've got over a thousand cards. Pick up a stack full. You invite somebody to tailgate Sunday. You begin to pray. We also want you to go into your neighborhoods. You know, we talk about this all the time, but in, we want you guys to really focus in on praying and God use you in your neighborhoods. I've asked Taylor to put these together. We call them our welcome boxes and it says, welcome to the neighborhood. We've got a hundred plus of these that Taylor's prepared for us. And inside every one of your box, these boxes is a little green card that says simply this, uh, uh, ideas to fill in your box, put a gift card in there, a hand soap, coffee, trail mix, and then a church invite card, which are also located at the guest services desk. I would love for a hundred of you guys to go into your neighborhood when somebody moves in, if you live out in the country, take them to the neighbor down the road, but whatever it is, and it, we're going to give you the resource. Just go get this box, fill it up with the stuff that we've told you to fill it up with. And when they move into the neighborhood, just hand them and say, Hey, welcome to our neighborhood. Here's a little box to let you know we love you and care about you. It's got a little card where I go to church at. If we can help answer any questions or help you out, then here's a way that we can do that. Guys, as you go, Speak Jesus into people's lives. Let's let God use you to make a difference in your neighborhood. Instead of being the old cranky man, get off my lawn. How about we start caring about our neighbor that needs Jesus and we begin to say, God, help me to speak Jesus into my neighbors. Number three is that we go and as we go, we publicly acknowledge my faith and baptism through Jesus Christ. That's what we do uh, here is we lead people. You see again, what is the thing that we do about baptism? Jesus said, do this publicly. You don't get baptized in private. We make a big deal about it at Connect Church because why? He wants us to publicly confess him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? And then number four is we publicly follow Jesus in our daily obedience. So here's the question. What God wants you all to do is to be consistent. This is why so many have ran away from the church is because we've really not been obedient to live this out. You want your kids, I bring my kids so that they'll get saved and Andrew's job is to train them up. No, no, no. It is your job to live in obedience to Christ so that you have the opportunity to speak Jesus into their lives. Guys, if we're living like them and we're living in sin, we have no authority to speak Jesus into their lives. I've been a pastor for 30 Four years. How many preachers do you know that have survived pastoring people like you for 34 years? There's very few. It's less than 5% make it this long. But you know what's come to the cool place of being an old geezer? Is that people of the younger generation will listen. Not because I tell funny jokes. And not because I'm cool. And not because I'm a great preacher. But people will listen to what I have to say like Brandon because this dude is old and he's done it and he continues to do it. 
It's because he's been obedient. I'll listen to somebody who's been faithful to get the job done. And they can maybe help me know how to be there one day as well. I think that's why young adults are coming to our church. It's because not that I'm great, but I'm just obedient. And if God can use that dude, <laughs> then I know he can do that in my heart and my life. Now look at me, church. I want you to stand with me for just a second, but look at me. I don't know what you all are going through today. Andrew talked about it in his prayer. Some of us have been tested in these days. Some of you are at your wits end. You're ticked off with church. You're ticked off with God. You're not happy with your finances. And for whatever's going on in your life, the devil has been shouting at you, be a jerk, quit, and don't stay with it. And I'm telling you this morning that God is saying in your obedience, when you don't feel like it, 34 years of times walking through hell, at times being criticized, people trying to fire me, people telling me that I'm no good, people not laughing at my jokes. But you know what? I'm still here. And the only reason I'm still here is because God is faithful and I'm just dumb enough and I'm just simple enough that I just simply do it when it's not easy, when it's not comfortable, and now I'm getting to see the harvest of what God will do by simple obedience. God wants to use you all to go just be obedient and keep doing what he's called you to do. As we sing a verse of invitation, would you go? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.